Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome everyone to Senior Care Live. And as you know, Senior Care Live, it's all about information, education, and resources for the caregivers of the elderly. Those of you who are caring for your aging parents, grandparents, you may be caring for your spouse, uh, a neighbor. It could be any elderly loved one. If you are, God bless you for the great work that you're doing. This is the only radio program that I know of 100% dedicated to you. And the mission of the program is information education and resources for you to help you be the best caregiver that you can be and help you uh, do an even better job than you're already doing because there's just so much to it. So again, thanks for being here today. I really, really appreciate it. And also, uh, please note that we have excellent, excellent service providers on the program. We talk about a variety of subjects and just really interesting information. They are the best in their industry, and they, they're here uh, almost each and every week sharing their knowledge and expertise. And I'd like to thank all of our our guests on this program for being here and sharing all of the wonderful information with myself and with all of the listeners. Now, if you have a question about the program and how we can help you and your family, as always, our toll-free number, 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget to check out the website, Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com. And if you do visit online, check it out. We get lots and lots of positive feedback about the website. And let's uh, let's Get connected socially on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. Also, don't forget to sign up for the upcoming free educational event. Uh, I will be going through that in detail with my guest here in the next segment. And then we're going to get into some other really, really interesting information in the third and uh, fourth segments. But first of all, let me start off today uh, by addressing a, a group of, of individuals uh, in our uh, in, in our city today in our, in our region, it's okay to make a change from your current senior care community and move to another senior care community. Now, before my friends who were working in uh, nursing homes and and uh, assisted living facilities and everything, before you say, hey, wait a minute, stop trying to move my people. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying sometimes there are individuals living in senior care communities, and they're just not the right fit. And that could be for a whole host of reasons. And it's and it's time to look at some other other places. So let me give you a few examples of some folks that I'm working with right now or that I've worked with in the past. So uh, actually, recently I received a call from a lady. And a long, long story short, her husband uh, has a, a traumatic brain injury. He requires a tremendous amount of care. And she called 
and she was uh, she was not happy with the care he's providing and the care provider where he's at. They're actually not happy uh, because they're they're spending so much time and effort and energy with with just one resident, and so they're realizing that he's not a fit uh, as well. And so, uh, the long story short, I'm going to work with this family, and this man needs a nursing home level of care right now. Believe it or not, he's in an assisted living facility, and. I don't know how they're even remotely able to meet his needs. They, it's really stretching them to the absolute maximum is what's happening. But frankly, he needs a lot more support than what is available at that level of care. So it's nothing personal. I don't think it's anything other than it's just the wrong fit. So we're going to move him from uh, this assisted living facility that has been over backwards, but they just can't provide enough. We're going to move him to a high level of care at the nursing home level. And then at this at that time, then he will receive proper care for his illness and all of his many, many issues. So it, it could just be that straightforward. And I've worked with lots of people who should have been at the in the long-term care community, the, the nursing home level, okay, but they they like the idea of the assisted living level and and you have your own apartment and it's a little less institutional and feel and all all the things that go along with assisted living and they've tried to do the old square peg in the round hole okay it it just doesn't work sometimes and, and so we've helped families get the right fit and move one more time and get it right the first time We've been able to do that with my firm, Senior Care Consulting. Another example, I've recently spoken with uh, a gentleman and uh, his, is it his mom or his dad? I think it's his dad is living in an assisted living community and everything's going well there. But uh, again, the the care it, the care continues to escalate. But they're able to provide the care for now, maybe not forever, but for now. But the issue there is this is an all private pay community, as most assisted living facilities are. And he said that they're going to run out of money in about six to nine months, and so he wants to look in advance to some Medicaid certified nursing homes where he can move his dad and not do this at the very last second, which, by the way, I can't even tell you how smart that is. It is super, super smart to do that because with, uh, especially in Kansas, with the backlog of Medicaid applications, it's a, it's a disaster. I don't think that will last forever. But the bottom line is a lot of these nursing homes want you to be able to pay at least two or three months privately, uh, you know, on the, on the front side of your stay before accepting Medicaid. Some places require 12 months private pay. Some places require a lot more private pay than that. So don't wait until you're literally out of money and out of options. And now you have to move and you're in a Medicaid pending status. I can, we can help you at senior care consulting, but we just limited our, our, our options quite a bit. Okay. So I guess the, the message there is to be proactive and move a little sooner than you think you need to move. This gentleman is doing just that. Very, very smart. He'll be able to pay six to nine months privately before going on Medicaid and qualifying. He is in Kansas. So that, that's an, that's an extra bonus in Kansas right now. Not necessarily applicable uh, on the Missouri side, but, uh, uh, very smart. To do that, so we help people move from private pay only facilities to Medicaid certified facilities, and then 
sometimes it, it may not be the right fit, but also sometimes it just may not, they just may not be doing a good job for you. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail, but I received a call from a family. They're spending $11,000 per month cash for care at a nursing home. And I have a long laundry list of major care-related issues where the care, they're just not cutting it. Uh, Dad's supposed to have uh, oxygen. Uh, When he goes to his meal, the family will show up and his oxygen tank is empty. And this is a consistent issue. This is a simple one to fix, but gosh, consistent issue. Uh, Giving wrong medications, according to the family, consistent. He came in with no skin issues. Now he has major skin breakdown and wound care issues. Uh, I could go on and on and on and on. And, and look, I, I know people who have stayed at this particular facility and have received very good care. I don't know what's going on here, but look, it's not working for them. So we are going to search for another place that will do a better job and address his care needs. So it's really that simple. If you're not happy with the fit or you're not happy with the care and you want to explore your options, call me at Senior Care Consulting, 913-945-2800. And let's see if we can find a better fit and better care for you. 913-945-2800. And by the way, do all that you can to communicate your issues and try to get the issues resolved with your current care provider. As we will discuss later in this program, it's very stressful for for a person, especially an elderly, fragile person, to move from one facility to another. It's very hard on them. Okay, So do all you can to fix it. But if if it cannot be resolved, then you need to move. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. This is a Consumer Alert. Consumer Alert. All right, talking about moving and timing and that sort of thing, just wanted to give you a heads up, and a lot of people don't understand this, but there is a seasonality to the demand for senior care communities. And did you know that? Right, so there's always a demand, but it's an inverted bell curve. It's the highest in January and February. That's where it peaks out and it maxes out. And then it tends to fall as you move into spring, and then it bottoms out. That's the bottom of the bell curve in June, July, and August. And here we are in August, right? So we're in the lowest part of the demand. But then guess what happens? It starts to increase and pick up as we move into fall and as the weather gets colder. And then after the holidays and after the first, Katie bar the door, there will literally be thousands of people flooding the market, looking at their options and and taking the beds and the apartments. And you'll see waiting lists and all sorts of issues there. So if you're even thinking about moving before the weather gets bad or, yeah, we're going to do this right after the holidays, I would be looking right now to avoid lengthy waiting lists. So do yourself a favor, be proactive, and look right now, do yourself a favor, avoid the lengthy waiting lists. Proceed with caution. This has been a Consumer Alert brought to you by Senior Care Live. All right, now for the Senior Care Live question of the week. How many licensed senior care communities are there in Johnson County, Kansas? And this would include nursing homes, assisted living facilities, home plus, intermediate care facilities, skilled nursing and rehab facilities, adult daycare, and long-term care, uh, long-term acute care facilities. 
A38B68, C98D108. The answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the program and how we can help you and your family, call now. It's a toll-free number, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are always standing by. You can call this number 24 hours a day, one 800 Three three one six four four five, and don't forget if you're uh, not uh, by uh, a radio, if you want to stream it live, you can stream this program live to any electronic device. Simply go to seniorcarelive.com and click on the Listen Live button. It'll stream straight to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you have. It is really that simple. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. How many licensed senior care communities are there in the Johnson County, Kansas area? Remember last week we did Jackson County, Missouri, so now Johnson County, Kansas. That would include your nursing homes, assisted living facilities, Home Plus, intermediate care facilities, skilled nursing and rehab, adult daycare, and your LTACs, long-term acute care facilities. And we have for the answers A, 38, B, 68, C, 98, and D, 108. And the answer is C, 98. That's right, 98 facilities to choose from just in one county. And we had, what did we have last week? I think about 89 in Jackson County. So if you add, and this doesn't even include the independent living communities, and the 55-plus senior apartments that we always deal with. So if you add all of that in and you include all of the counties in the Kansas City metro area, we're talking about literally hundreds and hundreds of facilities to choose from. And that's why we are so busy at Senior Care Consulting because that's an overwhelming task for most people. All right, let's shift gears and let me introduce my friend Judy Wechter. She's a registered nurse and community educator with Crossroads Hospice. And Judy, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. It's good to be here. All right. And so uh, it's good to have you here. So let's talk about, uh, for the rest of the segment, let's let everyone know about our upcoming free educational event. You want me to rattle it off or you want to take it? See if I can get this or not. Um, <laughs> the title of the workshop is Hindsight is 2020. Talk a little bit about that, but the little details. It is Wednesday, August the 17th. Registration opens at 8.30 a.m. The offering begins at 9 a.m. and runs until noon. That does include a continental breakfast complimentary 
as well as three continuing ed credits good for professional relicensure for both registered nurses as well as social workers. And, of course, we'll share all the information for those other disciplines that would need to self-submit that aren't included in that. Mm -hmm. But this is also appropriate for the friend and and family caregiver. Once again, um, we'll be at Matt Ross Community Center at 81st and Marty in Old Overland Park, just a block to the west off of, of Metcalf. And it's an easily acceptable, accessible, acceptable to yeah. uh, venue. Um, it's a great venue. It is, but it allows both the the healthcare professional and the family and friend caregiver to get together in an environment to learn new information, or maybe refresh if they're already knowledgeable on these things. But also to communicate with one another so that when you go in for those doctor's appointments or so that when you are meeting with these families and individuals that are care recipients, that we're more aware of what each other's needs are and how to partner together to, to be doing the best job that we can for these folks. And that's, that's why it's called Hindsight is 2020. That's right. And I love that we've, uh, I'm going to brag about us for a second. Okay. So you may blush, but. Okay. <laughs> But uh, I, I love that we set this up to be applicable for both for both groups of, mm-hmm. of attendees for the for the licensed healthcare professional and for the layperson, the family friend caregiver, uh, and, and then guess what? We also see dialogue between the two groups, so it's not very separated, and the information is applicable to both. We're not going over the heads of anyone, and it's uh, super super good information. I just love that that we set it up that way. Well, I do too, and I'm kind of proud of it just because I'm not aware of anyone else doing it, and it's been well-received. We've got communities who have networked, who are reaching in out to these other participants to share resources and best practices. And we've got family and friend caregivers who are leaving with better knowledge, more empowered, and in a form where they get to speak up and say, you know, this is a real problem. For me, do you, do you understand how much of a problem yeah. this is? Um, because they're, they're tired of getting a pat on the forearm at the end of a doctor's appointment and a little nod of the head saying, you, you're doing okay. You hang in there. You're doing a great job. That's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's right. And this hindsight is 2020. So what is that? Well, let, let me, I'll take a shot at it and okay. see if I give, cause there's a lot to it. But generally speaking, we're going to lay out a, a real scenario of a husband and wife living at home and their kids have moved out. So they're aging in place. And as they move forward on their own, this is what that experience looks like. And then if you could back up and rewind mm-hmm. and if you, so if you could do a reset and back up in time and say, okay, now what would that look like if we called in some professionals in some different key areas to help us and advise us and give us knowledge and help us make maybe some better decisions, what does that journey now look like moving forward and how different is that? And so if if we knew then what we knew now, well, we're going to do that in this presentation. I think it's a really unique concept, and I, uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Well, I am too. I, I think that all of us realize that, you know, without a crystal ball, we're doing the best we can with what we've got at the moment. And those, those things can change moment to moment very quickly. So having an idea ahead of time of what some of your options are and could be and how they look and how they play out and who to contact about them helps equip us, even if we're on short notice, to be able to make better informed decisions and to reach out to those that that we can rely on and we can trust to help navigate these unfamiliar territories. You really don't go into this knowing what you need 
until you're so far into it that it's too late to go back and redo. It's too late to go back and redo it. But in this program, we are going to go back and redo it. Mm -hmm. And I think that the difference will just be stunning. Uh, I think it'll be jaw dropping, actually. So I am really, really looking forward to this. Hindsight is 2020, a free community educational event, three free continuing education events for our friends in healthcare, nursing, social services, case management, as well as all of the other uh, medical professions as well. Uh, also, you'll get your certificate walking out the door, right? And for, for nursing and social services, the others will yes. get their information to self-submit. Is that right? Yes, they will. And even for the, the um, friend and family caregiver or those that are involved in um, congregational ministries, um, this is a great opportunity. I mean, frequently we turn to our neighbors, friends, maybe our congregation for help when they aren't actually equipped to answer these questions. Absolutely, and so and we had we had several pastors, and we have we had people from yeah, yeah. Fr- from a really a wide wide cross section. So yeah. these have been great. And, and folks, look, last time we did an event at Matt Ross. We came about one or two people from the fire code. So register early. Do it right now. You can go online at SeniorCareLive.com. Right there it says free educational events. Register here. You click the button. It takes about 30 seconds. Or, Judy, we can go old school. We can call Crossroads Hospice. Sign up by phone, 816-333. 9200 and just let them know i need um you know one or two or three seats whatever you need for the free educational event wednesday august the 17th at matt ross community center from 8 30 to noon hindsight is 2020 don't go away we'll be right back you're listening to senior care live on the senior care broadcasting network for more information call now toll free 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by. 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Again, that's 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, if you miss a program or you just want to go back and re-listen or share that with a friend, no worries at all. Just go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the Podcast tab, and you can listen to any previously aired episodes it's really that simple we have hundreds of people every month listening to senior care live podcast so it's pretty cool it's very well used feel free to do so and uh enjoy and now myth versus fact all right judy help us debunk uh this myth and give us the facts so here's the myth stress-related ailments account for at least 10 percent of all doctor's visits in the U.S., so it's a it's a relatively low number, and so what what is that? What is the fact? I, I have a feeling you're going to want to straighten. I'm like a game show host, straighten or that out. Contestant here. <laughs> here, I'm ready to hit my button. I'm ready to answer. I'm ready to answer. False. Uh, not at all. Um, stress is actually a 
accounts for at least 75%. 75%. Of all doctor's visits wow. in the United States. Yeah, it's huge. When you look at stress, there's a, there's a hormone release, cortisol, and it is dangerous stuff. It slows down our digestion. It causes nausea. It contributes to ulcers. It, it contributes to weight gain, constipation. Causes is that my problem? It could be. <laughs> It could be, um, which ties into when you're stressed, you're not yeah. taking good as care of yourself. You yeah. don't shop as well. You don't cook as well. You don't sleep, even though we know we need to do those things. And then our body doesn't get to do all the reparative things it's supposed to do during mm-hmm. those hours of sleep or with the exercise we're supposed to be getting. So it's a domino or trickle effect. It it causes migraines. It causes muscle tension. It um, affects your blood pressure. It, affects your heart rate. It affects our, our risk factors for strokes and for heart attacks. Um, it, it decreases our resistance to things like colds and flus and, and our ability to heal up from things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just going to exacerbate any condition that we've got going on, whether that is um, a cancer or whether that's diabetes. Whatever we've got going on, it is going to wear on us, and you're going to see that with anxiety and, and irritability and, and weariness, fatigue, sleep disturbances, hmm. moodiness. Um, it's it's bad. It's poor lifestyle management. You know, and, and you would think that it would be all of these, you know, diseases and all this kind of stuff, but uh, stress is uh, is the driver of all this. So uh, mm-hmm. the the fact is. Okay, stress-related ailments account for at least 75% of all doctor's visits in the U.S., and that is a fact. For more information about the facts, stay tuned to this program or contact Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800 or visit SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right. So back to my friend, we we had a little light flicker in here. So I, that was, woo, that was, yeah. uh, uh, thank goodness for backup generators or something. But anyway, uh, back with my friend, Judy Wechter, registered nurse and community educator with Crossroads Hospice. And uh, Judy, I think we're going to uh, uh, finish out the rest of the program by talking about uh, helping seniors cope with lifestyle changes. Well, I think it's really important because as there's so many of us that are living longer and we are having to adapt our environment to be more successful, to maintain independence, we have to take care of each other and look out for things. So typically we start noticing a change in someone's physical health or their, their cognitive function, um, and that's going to prompt us to, to explore some options for our loved one's living situations. It triggers us to see that there's some needs not being met and that we would probably do better in a different environment. And even though the needs seem very obvious to us, they may not be obvious to everyone, and it may not be the natural transition that we see it being in our head. In other words, mom and dad, grandma may not be on board with this. Um, so we have, to, we have to be prepared to deal with these things being a little bit more complex and recognize that our, our senior adults they do have a long life history of experiences, and they've faced a lot of life-changing events or um, catastrophes mm-hmm. um, in their past. And we know from the studies that uh, older adults typically have a much higher level of well-being and of life satisfaction than in any other age group, which I know sounds contradictory. In fact, the Fountain of Youth, that group is the one that's the most dissatisfied. 
But when you look at these these seniors through those decades of experience, they've developed resiliency. And it's a skill. It's actually referred to as resilience thinking. That's hard for me to say. And that's something that equips the older adult to be able to deal with things as they come up and to be able to work through them and walk away feeling stronger. You know, that that's interesting. I totally believe that, and I understand that. Uh, my my grandma used to say that they were so poor, and they had a big family, lived mm-hmm. out on the farm up in Nebraska. She said, she said, honey, we were so poor, we would dig a few potatoes, and we would wait to hear a hen cackle, mm-hmm. a couple of cackles. So we would get a couple of two, three eggs. We'd fry up some potatoes and some onions, and that's what our family ate that evening Mm -hmm. and they literally walked several miles in town to the store and uh, they were literally completely poor they lived through the depression i mean the the whole thing i mean you talk about tough the greatest generation i mean come on truly yeah no kidding when they said there was nothing for dinner it meant there There was nothing (laughs) for dinner literally it was it was not it was actually a literal interpretation yeah yeah and we don't, um, you know, the saying now is used very flippant, but the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's yeah. where that resiliency came yeah. from. Yeah. Um, it was surviving those those types of events and learning how to use the resources available to you and to get through those. Yep. And that feeds a lot of centers in the brain about accomplishment and things. I mean, there's, there's a lot to this resiliency piece. Mm-hmm. And we know that it has a lot to do in how people do with things like heart disease um, there's a lot of, of work going on in this area, but that's a whole nother yeah, show, I yeah. think. But um, when we realize that somebody needs to, to move to a senior living environment, you know, this is typically not a, a milestone that people are jumping up and down and excited about. And even though we have common sense and we have the resiliency that we've developed over the years, these are life changes or challenges that typically cause anxiety and stress, even for the person, the senior who has chosen to move. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a name for this um, because in healthcare we like to name everything, but it's called relocation stress syndrome. Um, in fact, the RSS is the abbreviation for it, but relocation stress syndrome is what happens when um, shortly after someone is moved from their long-time home into either a skilled nursing facility or assisted living facility. And this can cause not just physical symptoms, but um, psychological and social disturbances as well. Mm -hmm. It's a real phenomenon. And how we assist people during that transition period has a lot to do with how all of us are going to come out on the other side. Well, it's interesting. I I spoke with uh, two daughters this week, and uh, we will be relocating their mother. Uh, Again, kind of back to the, the first segment uh, you know, their mom is in an assisted living facility. It is not a secured environment. She has dementia. She's beginning to wander. Now she's on the just the early, early beginnings of an elopement risk. And so we're going to have to move mm-hmm. to, to a memory care, a, a more uh, suitable environment to keep her safe. Right. And they were talking about, uh, we heard you don't want to move an older person, you know, from place to place to place because, uh, there, there's, and, and they couldn't put their finger on it, but, um, um, I should have mentioned the relocation stress syndrome because they were actually just talking about that, and a nurse that they spoke with actually discussed this very real phenomenon. It is a real phenomenon, and, and we do need to be aware that uh, although we don't want to have to move people out of their comfort zone and their, sure. their safe environment, yeah. 
that environment when it's no longer safe needs to be changed. And as needs change, just, just like you move a child from, from daycare to preschool to elementary school, you, you move to what's appropriate for the needs of the individual. Yeah. And the huge changed. changes. I, I always say I, I'd rather break a limb than have to move. <laughs> and, oh, and, it I, is. and I'm yeah. not in my 80s and 90s. I mean, I hate moving. It's so disruptive. It throws you completely out of balance. Well, mm-hmm. imagine if you're fragile mm-hmm. and you're in your 80s or maybe even in your 90s, even if you're in your 70s, how disruptive and how scary that would be. It's very scary, and we know that it is one of the major life stressors for all of us, regardless of age. So we we need to stay aware of that. But there are some things that we can do to help transition through this. Um, There's some symptoms to watch for that are typical with this, and we want to keep our eyes open um, for those. So you want you want to go through the symptoms just to let give I'll people hit on a heads those, up on and then that. Maybe we can go into some of the tips on what to do about it. Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah. Um, Typically, you start seeing anxiety, confusion. They become more dependent, um, depressed, and withdrawn. That's typical. Those are the five characteristic ones. You may also see loneliness, um, s- stress responses, lack of sleep, feeling hopeless, financial strain. And just a, an overwhelming need for excessive reassurance, um, where where you just really feel like you're you're at your wits end because they they just need so much reassurance. But this is really important, um, especially if this has been prompted by a serious illness or injury or a recent death of a partner. Those type of things that's going to impact the the situation too. All right, so the five primary symptoms of relocation stress syndrome are anxiety, confusion, dependency, depression, and withdrawal. So pay close attention and be there. And, wow, you have to be so involved on this move and then right afterwards. So, so Judy, uh, in the next segment, let's uh, continue on this uh, interesting and very difficult phenomenon. And we'll inform our advisors, uh, our, our listeners, a lot more right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the program and how we can help you and your family, as always, you can call our toll-free number. Feel free to do that anytime, 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. Back to my special guest, Judy Wechter, registered nurse and community educator with Crossroads Hospice. And uh, Judy, thanks for letting us know about this, this relocation stress syndrome. And I'm probably going to wear that out now because yeah. uh, uh, there, there's, there's a, you, you always knew it was there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now there's, there's actually, there's a real name for it. Like you said, you know, medical profession, we like to yeah. uh, acknowledge these things as real and there, there, it is a real syndrome. And there are, uh, it's a real phenomenon, and now we have a real name for it. So one thing I just wanted to add, you know, when you're moving uh, your your parent or your elderly loved one into a, one of these care communities, uh, a really huge deal for me is make sure that your loved one is surrounded by others at their same level. 
True. Or maybe better. Because if they're surrounded by people who are, you know, operating at a much lower level, guess what happens? You, you start to kind of, you rise or fall to the level of those around you. And, uh, I, I've seen that go both ways. And, and you just have to be very, very careful of that. You do. There's a, there's just a lot of pitfalls in this whole situation. But that is one thing. This, this is Senior Care Live. Um, we're, we're not going to just sympathize with you and, and confirm that there's a problem. We, we empathize with you. We're going to get in the trenches with you, and we're going to share some tips to help you navigate through these situations. And, yeah, and absolutely. And I've got five tips I'd like to, to share with you. Um, be involved, in, or excuse me, of course you're going to be involved, but involve your mm-hmm. loved one in the decision-making process about the move. We often take on the responsibility of choosing where our senior loved one is going to move to, rightly so. Often they're not able to do it, and we're trying to relieve them of that burdensome task, but we don't even ask them for their input. And when we leave them out of that process, we're taking away their sense of control. And even the sense that their choice is being limited can increase not only their their fear of loss and apprehension about the change, but their stubbornness, which can be a real barrier they aren't objects to be put someplace. We are assisting them to make a decision of where they're going to live. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. Important. Yep. Um, the second thing is to validate their concerns about the move. And these are, I know, very hard conversations that need to take place. We don't dismiss their concerns by avoiding the conversation and over-reassuring them about how great this really is for them and how much they're going to love it. But obviously, we want to make things better. But your loved one still needs and they still deserve to be able to express how they feel and they still need to feel respected and to have their feelings acknowledged. That's very important. Uh, the third thing is we want to give some extra time and attention after the move. Um, and this tags on to what you were saying, Steve, about the environment that you've chosen and making sure what you thought was a good fit is a good fit. During those first few days after the move, you want to visit often. That extra attention is going to give you a chance to observe for changes and provide extra support as needed. You can involve other family as appropriate, appropriate friends, and the staff of the facility. And do that early so that everyone that's familiar with your loved one can share and watch for normal patterns and personalities and moods and changes that are happening. And that way, if we see some unusual behavior um, any signs of this relocation stress syndrome appearing, we can address those early on, and that is going to make a huge difference in how well they adjust. It's always easier to deal with this stuff early and small than when we let it get out of control. Absolutely, and I always encourage my clients to be involved and speak for your loved one, and 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 that means you need to be there, and you're in, you're now in in. in you're, you're a care manager. You're, you're your mm-hmm. parents or your grandparents, your spouses. You're your loved one's advocate. And so you, you need to speak for them on their behalf and make sure that they're getting what they need. And, and, uh, and, and any, you know, mom's an early riser or, you know, dad's a night owl and likes to sit up and, and watch, uh, you know, the late show and the late, mm-hmm. late show and all this stuff. And, and just, and just speak for them and make sure that, this is uh, as smooth of a transition as possible because there's no way to sugarcoat this. It's a difficult transition. It is a difficult. It, it is difficult. One. It is, and that that means that brings into the fourth one. You're doing great here. You're just feeding me right <laughs> where I need to go. You're uh, in my wheelhouse here. That's so. <laughs> right. We want to tap into what their their coping methods are, and you know I've always said, well I heard it from a physician years ago um, that you know how people 
behaved as, as young people is pretty much how they're going to behave as, as older people as well. He said it a little more um, eloquently. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say colorfully. He did. <laughs> that's the word I should have used. Okay, he said it right. much more colorfully. Okay, there we go. Uh, but our, our individual life experiences, those really do determine how we perceive a situation. And, of course, past behavior is the best indicator of, of or best predictor um, of behavior to come. And we may be all in this together, but we're all having our own personal experience. You as the adult child or the caregiver are dealing with things on your own about all of this, as well as them as the adult senior that's requiring the help. So sharing with the staff of the facility how your loved one typically responds to stress will help them prepare so that they can be proactive to their needs. They'll be alert to the signs of stress, and that makes, again, a big, big difference. And then the the last thing, the fifth tip, is to involve family and friends. Make sure you have a plan to ensure that that individual, your senior loved one, is able to stay connected to other family and friends and community, pets. All of these things are incredibly important. They may have been involved in a church or other organized group that they attended regularly. They have poker buddies or women's groups or a, a routine at a beauty shop or a barber shop. Uh, Kohl's. I was surprised that Kohl's didn't call to find out what had happened to my mother. I mean, their sales <laughs> had to have dropped yeah. uh, tremendously. We should have gotten sympathy cards. Their, their stock took a hit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, but to be able to continue to go to to your favorite restaurant or your favorite, you know, stores, um, or if you like to go to botanical gardens, you know, finding a way to include those things so that they can stay connected to the person that they are. We often use the term the person they were. They still are that person. We're not just our, our memory of what we ate for breakfast this morning. We're an accumulation of all these experiences. So, um, and we're still the same person. We're just in a different environment. Right. It's just a, it's a new chapter. It's not right. the end. It's the beginning of another chapter. And it's just yeah. a different environment. And I have to say, as difficult as this is, I can provide you example after example after story after story of, and particularly a, a, a single individual, maybe their spouse passed. They're living at home alone. They become socially isolated. Mm-hmm. And they may not even necessarily know that they're depressed, et cetera. And you move them to uh, a new community. And once they adjust, they, it's actually a very, very positive move and they wish they would have moved sooner. I, I, mm-hmm. I have lots of positive examples. Well, and these, these folks will reach out to each other and develop friendships. Um, another thing is to keep in mind what their favorite forms of communication or preferred ones were. If if they enjoyed receiving mail or using the phone, keep doing that and enlist others to write or call. Um, some may be open or already doing Skype and email. So know what they need and what they use and, and go with that. But all of these changes bring challenges and are going to require us to adjust. At its worst, this relocation stress syndrome can go on for months, even over a year. Some won't ever recover, but your best-case scenarios, those that, that follow some of these tips, this typically only lasts for about four weeks or less. The goal is to make this as easy and gentle as possible, and, and we can do it. Excellent, excellent information. Judy Wechter, registered nurse, community educator with Crossroads Hospice. Judy, thanks for being here today. Appreciate it, Steve. All right, and to all of my listeners, thank you so much for being here today. I really and truly appreciate it. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. 
May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.